The Verging on Greatness, a podcast about films that verge on greatness, but mostly just wallow in mediocrity, with your hosts, Mike Porkfeld and Craig Cerventi. Snow is falling where Craig is. The sun is shining where oh. I am. Um, it is. Global warming, mate. There's not going to be any fucking snow. Has <laughs> <laughs> not snowed properly here in like 20 years? We're, actually, uh, we're having a heat. That, that, that's, that's not true. It snowed last year. Heat wave. Heat wave here in New Zealand. Mm. It's very hot. Yeah, um, London gets up to 42 now. 42, 42. degrees centigrade. Yeah. We had a that's whole ridiculous. week of it being above 40. It's hotter here than it is in New Zealand. It's not. It's it's not. Um, uh, it's not snowing in. It's not snowing in California either, where uh, where I'm. Not not our normal is. snow. It isn't. No, <laughs> <laughs> Colombian snow maybe. <laughs> Hello everyone. Um, my name is Mike. This is Craig. Hi Craig. Hi. Uh, this is a podcast called Verging on Greatness. Uh, it's a podcast where where usually. I should, I should specify here right off the bat because this could get very confusing and very dangerous and the internet might get very mad at us. Usually this is a podcast where we talk about a movie that is not quite great. There is something a little bit off about it. Uh, every now and again, though, at Christmas, Craig and I like to reward ourselves for all our hard work over the year and just pick a movie that is awesome and talk yeah. about that for now. Um, so we are not, no one is, no one is here claiming that, that Die Hard is, is, is not great it is the greatest christmas movie uh clearly as as the internet has has well and truly has well has spoken yeah um, and it is yeah it is it is magnificent um this is an extra special episode uh this is going to be my last episode for a while i'm taking a bit of a break um but we're going to go out with a bang yeah uh, we've been working on... mike too hard in the podcast slave minds so <laughs> yeah 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 Take a little bit of breather. Don't, don't invent themselves. My my so. my feet are my my feet are all cut up with glass. Oof! I've been I've been shot in the shoulder. That's, <laughs> that's, some, in the solid foresha- that's some solid foreshadowing. Yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert. Uh, um, How yeah. old were you, Mike, when you first? Oh, sorry. Talk, talk some more about um, the time the the well earned break you're going to take. So, what are you going to do with your time off? What are you going to do with all that extra time? Oh, podcasting time. Oh, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do do all of the the fake stuff that politicians say when they quit. It's, you know, a bit more time with my family. Time with um, my family. Yeah, reconnect with your that, community. That good stuff. Reconnect with my maybe yeah. Work to, work on improving yourself. Get out into nature a little bit. Yeah. Um, Return to your roots. Yeah. yeah. Oh, one. I may. I well, may. What is, what is returning to your roots like? What I are you going to do? Go back to the hood. I, yeah, yeah, hey, the, the hood's always there for you. Chris Luxon, you did not come from the hood. <laughs> the hard streets of Glenfield, get out. No, um, uh, no, I'll be, yeah, uh, just, just recharging, re-energizing. And that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Um, yeah, we're gonna. So we got. Uh, thank you. I should say thank you to Amy for filling in on uh, on the Scooby Doo uh, episode. 
check that out if you haven't had a it's a wild yet. movie have you seen it have you should i should make you watch it as punishment for leaving i i haven't i haven't watched the scooby it's movies. wild like don't get me wrong like it, it does all the things it's supposed to like it's 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 surprisingly surprisingly faithful to the source material like it does all the things like it goes along and clearly james gunn wrote it so yeah or he was partially responsible for writing it he knows what he's doing he's a very yeah. very clever man um and he knew how to approach that adaptation i, I just love it and this will probably feed into the the diehard thing quite well i'm sure this will dovetail Eve- in nicely this eventually solid solid segue um <laughs> Uh, so not the kind you write on, but like Segway spelt with a G and a U. So um, think so he he clearly knew the film he wanted to make, and he clearly knew that he had to be faithful to the source material. He couldn't come and do like a '90s reinvention and black leather, um, you know, edgy cool thing. He, he knew it needed to be rooted and rooted firmly in that '70s, late '60s, '70s aesthetic, and he 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 goes for it with both hands, but. The wild thing is, is that the one thing that the show, certainly up until that point, had never done, it was always a human bad guy. It was always a property developer, someone being greedy, in a mask. It was all smoke and mirrors. Fucking Scooby-Doo, the movie, goes full out, no, monsters are real. And, and, and at no point goes to explain that, like how there's these other dimensional beings. It's you should watch it and just go craig was right there was a lot of drugs being done when they wrote this <laughs> what if we yeah what if we turn it all around subvert, <laughs> subvert the expectation what if scooby's the bad guy what if the, what if, oh what if the talking dog yeah 100 <laughs> percent. what if the, what if they discover that there's a mole inside the gang and they all have to they're all like it's like oh they turn in on themselves because it's gotta be shaggy right like if there was gonna be a mole it'd be fucking shaggy because someone got to him with the scooby snacks yeah he's yeah, yeah. He's, he's he's too easy to flip well, speaking of flipping, oh, I don't know. If, I don't know though. He'd be. I don't. I feel like he'd. I feel like he'd fall on his sword. I don't. I don't feel like he'd knock. Shaggy. I think if there was sandwiches involved, he would. Like I think if, <laughs> if there was like a like a comically large cartoon sandwich, and he was like, oh, oh, geez, Scoob. <laughs> That's my Shaggy impersonation. <laughs> oh, geez, Scoob. Uh, we gotta eat that sandwich, right, bro? Uh, it just it writes itself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, the, and Old Man Smithers, you know, like, you'll give me the gold. Old, and it turns out old, old Man Smithers was, was working the case the whole time. Like, whole time. The, he was yeah. the FBI. He was the FBI He was the FBI, agent. yeah. Don't worry. Don't worry, Shaggy. Your reputation is unsullied. Yeah. Now do all the Scooby Snacks. So how, how are we tying that to Die Hard, Craig? You set, you set this up. Come on. You promised us a segue. I tried to segue a moment ago. Segue me. <laughs> um, well, talking of flipping... Uh, this flipping script is amazing for Die Hard. <laughs> hey, landed it. <laughs> Smooth. This is... Those Olympic gymnasts ain't got shit on me. This is so... what you get when, you, when you're experienced podcasters <laughs> like Craig and I. It's... And he's drinking. <laughs> um, oh, look, so, ni- so it's 1988. Um, Oof. And... I mean, what? Where? Where is this? And situate this for me in Bruce Willis's career. 
Oh my god. Okay, so um, spoiler alert: I actually haven't seen this movie so far this year, but I have seen it repeated times, and I think I think I know more about Die Hard than any any anyone rightly should. So, situated in Bruce Willis's career, he didn't have a career. So, um, not long before this movie was being made, he was a literal bartender. There's a line in this movie about he could be a bartender for all we know. A little close to the mark he literally was while he was trying to get his singing career off the ground somehow or other bruce willis lucked into uh, uh, moon moonlighting he lucked mm. into moonlighting with uh is it sybil shepherd it's sybil shepherd yeah and he he became along with sybil shepherd an overnight sensation for being like the slightly sarcastic um you know that that bruce willis charm that jersey charm yeah uh and overnight he became a monster star well not a monster star but he became a, an actual star for being in moonlighting he does an episode of uh the twilight zone uh which is actually quite good he gets to stretch his acting chops a little bit so he does this episode of the twilight zone where it's set entirely within a phone booth and it's this phone conversation oh, yeah. i think it's the first episode of the the new 80s twilight zone which is worthy of discussion because due to a quirk in the rating systems it was reviewed as being a lot more watched than it actually was and got a much larger budget based on the fact that spielberg had had walked around the office once basically Mm. um yeah so he he then went on to do this movie and at the time everyone thought it was going to be garbage because uh it had john mctiernan so i'm pretty sure prior to this he had done was it was it predator before this because he had an amazing little run yeah so he does he does nomads which which is nowheresville and that's in 1986 and then he does predator in 87 he does die hard in 88 follows that up with hunt for the red october which is fucking solid at in 1990 missteps a little bit with medicine man still with sean connery still quite good and then uh comes back with last action hero in in, in 93 and then finally previously previously done on this podcast last action Hero. previously done on this podcast which i think is a solid solid movie uh and then does die hard with a vengeance in 95 bruce willis on the other hand bruce willis at this period in time he was nowhere yeah nowhere at all wow was yep. he, and who was who was um who else was considered for the role oh i think um because this is based on a book by roderick thorpe right i yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's the right name and the screenplay is adapted by david e de souza um and so i think originally this was seen as a frank sinatra starring vehicle um believe that it or is not, a very that old, different movie that is a wildly different movie. I haven't read the book. I keep meaning to read the book. The book's not called Die Hard, though. The book's called something else. So that, yeah, that makes it sound like much more of a covert ops, t- which I guess it is. But yeah, there's a there's a, a rough and ruggedness to it where Sinatra makes it sound more like a almost not not Bond, but yeah, it's more that but sort of slick. closer to Bond, right? Than yeah. than like. Um, haggard and beat up mclean yeah, it's uh, like get it's, from yeah jumping like jumping off the jumping off the train and then landing and straightening your cuffs sort of slick, yeah exactly slick right a, slick action where this is slick action rough film. and rough and tumble bashed and bruised yeah and I'm, 
I'm thinking now as well, the cinematographer on this is Jan DeBont, isn't it? So Jan DeBont is in his, I haven't, uh, not looking at IMDb here, folks. I'm pretty sure it's Jan DeBont. Jan DeBont later goes on to do uh, one of one of the greatest action films of all time, uh, Twister, and follows that <sighs> up with, uh, uh, and, and either, either follows that up with or is, is preceded by Speed. They're both Jan DeBont flicks. Um, Absolutely. What a fantastic couple of movies i love how yeah twister is a lovely take on the uh the stalker villain style film like yep. the slasher but replace replace um your favorite 80s slasher villain with a fucking tornado fantastic yep. that cow as it goes past the screen uh and speed i watched that relatively recently fuck that's tight yeah, um absolutely. it's so good yeah. yeah jan de bont really knew what he was doing uh he lost his way however poor old jan de bont i'm right i've just scrolled down in imdb it is jan de bont fucking magician is uh, <laughs> jan de bont <laughs> uh and i think this is a joel silver film as well so legendary hollywood producer joel silver so um, this is it seems like this is really one one of those where it's 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 magic just coming together a, a bunch it's lightning of, a bunch it, of unique, not only is yeah, it lightning in a bottle it's 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 several bottles of lightning that all yep. happen to be on the stage at the right time yep. in the right place so yep. you had um david david deed uh david d'souza um he is um he has just done a series of action films including uh, a very guilty pleasure of mine commando uh, oh that sounded pretty british actually commando there we go um he does a um commando. he does commando commando <laughs> in essex oh no <laughs> someone call the bobbies <laughs> someone call the police <laughs> there's there's a commando in my backyard um so yeah it's my it's my very english accent yeah Wait till you do it. Wait till you hear me do Prince Charles later when I've had a couple more drinks. Um, so. And speaking, speaking of one last last person, we of course have to mention when you're talking about all the lightning coming together uh, in this movie as Alan Rickman. Who's, oh, was he in even, this? Haven't even <laughs> haven't even used his name yet. We're 14 minutes in. Um, oh my god! Like we should a... just be slapped. How how could you not mention Alan Rickman in what I think is his fucking debut film? Yeah. What had, um, what had he what had he done before? I mean, he was an ad man. He was an, he was ad, an man. ad man in America, and he had been the uh, he had been in a Texas music video. So he had done some stuff in the UK. Like he had he had flirted around film or television for a little while old alan rickman um but he had i think he was an ad man like he was he literally worked for an advertising agency or or marketing agency and at and at the the ripe age of 40 he was just like i'm gonna give film a go and then he walked onto the set of a texas um a, a texas music video uh he does a little bit of voice work and then somehow fucking lands in die hard but he doesn't land he he impacts like a fucking meteor from space just destroys the, the absolute when you when you when you hear about it that way the absolute balls of his performance in this movie is yep. just something else isn't it it's not like yep. it's not like him walking onto robin hood prince of thieves and going i'm alan rickman bitches i'm doing what i want 
Well, that's apparently, like out of nothing. <laughs> apparently, that's what happened. So when he walks onto, he was so sought after to be in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves by the director. I forget the name. They're famous in their own right. Um, he, they said, you can be, you can be in the film, and you can do whatever you like. <laughs> so what did he do? He fucking stole the film. Yep. That's what he wanted. Completely. He was like, well, I'll show you Kevin Costner, who's trying to do the worst English accent since Craig just but, did one before. <laughs> but he just, but he does it in this. He does it in Die Hard. He just... Yeah, he, he steals he, it. He steals... Phenomenal. Steals Die Hard off, off, off the back of nothing. And the the confidence of the director to, to let him run, uh, let him bring out the, the character and not just not just kind of go, go plain, not just go full villain on it. But really, really bring out bring out the the interesting aspects of the character for a guy yeah. with no real with no background. background. It's not like he was. It's not like he's Sean Connery, who's got a fucking career behind him. He's James Bond. He's everything. Yeah, yeah it's not like he was uh, Kevin Costner at the height of Waterworld fame, which is actually not that bad a movie. Doesn't deserve the hate. Um, Absolutely not. I really like Waterworld. Oh, did you? We should have done that in the podcast. When you come back to do another episode in six to 12 months, Water, fucking Waterworld, baby. Waterworld is on the list. Yeah, I mean, Waterworld is on the list. Great. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I should know this. I'm pretty sure someone listening to this maybe one day is now going, oh, it's because he was at the fucking country club in Los Angeles, wasn't it? Um, but no, um, don't know how he managed. I think he auditioned and got the part. I don't know how. Maybe he paid them in sweet sweet kisses i don't know but he <laughs> he's got a nice beard like you know it it feel, it looks like it would be soft to the touch not bristly right looks like yeah. a silky smooth beard looks like a european looks like euro trash he does euro, look like euro trash euro it's a euro trash beard. and his german his german accent's pretty good like yeah yeah it's not like uh hello hello german accent you know via the germans he, he yeah. shifts well, he shifts around a little bit he does yeah he does the it's american thing like, as well so, yeah depending yeah no on one does depending no on one does germans to. better than brits so there you go yeah yeah he jump yeah he jumps around a bit but um uh yeah so okay light yeah lightning in a bottle just just several several bottles. yeah all just 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 adds up to a a fantastic fantastic movie um you know what so watching it again what what really stood out to me and and now that you've mentioned that the cinematographer went on to make speed and twister i can completely get it it's the um the 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 way that the inside of the tower and those you know the the spaces the spaces in the in the bowels of the tower the areas that are still being built it doesn't feel like it's a whole it doesn't feel like it's a movie that takes place in one area it feels like it's a it's a sweeping you know it's like a bond movie where you go from exotic location to exotic location it all but, feels yeah. feels different and unique at some in some areas it's expansive and then it contracts to the size of where you're this claustrophobic crawling, area that they keep returning to yeah, yeah. The, and, and the look yep. the color like the, the color yep. changes so much it's green it's blue those you know it's not none of it is that that drab kind of samey those back those behind the the bowel 
of the building mm. type scenes and the lighting is is excellent as well it's all it's all arc lamp it's all yep. um fluorescent yeah um it's all blues um yeah it's it and the steam phenomenal. the steam the coming steam, out of interesting yep. places the yep. look at the look of it is, is absolutely exquisite for yep. for what what on the surface is a big dumb action movie watching it watching it over it looks phenomenal that is right beautifully shot um the set sets are beautifully designed the even the the construction areas look amazing the the kind of glass the really that really sleek sort of yeah the the glass rooms that of course that comes to be a to a, real, a feature, to be a real thing a, a feature yeah. of the story those the the floor where it's all just glass yeah the computer the, tech is right yeah the executive yeah the executive, the executive suite. suite yeah it just it yeah. looks absolutely fa- and 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 the the big hall the, the party the party hall the party the, yeah the big the reception fountain, area uh the the all the gaudy you know the the fountain the stonework yeah and the and i think the i think this is I think this is an example of Hollywood at its absolute best when when you've got all these creative types who are um, I mean, because let's be honest, film is nothing more than a business to part you from your eight bucks on a Friday night. Right. Um, And the best part about it is when when the art and the the business side, you know, work together in harmony, you, you, you crap out these gems and and Die Hard is definitely one of those films where everything everyone who was working on that picture everyone who turned up to that set everyone who was cast or hired to make this thing happen did so and they brought their a game no one slacked everyone pulled and 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 somehow because you have there's dozens of other movies that every one of these people have worked on that that doesn't doesn't even come close to the level of what this film is yeah. Um, and and it's just a big dumb action film let's make no no qualms ifs or buts this isn't gone with the wind but holy shit it in terms of films that set out to do a thing die hard die hard exceeds the mark and it, made a star it, out yeah, of just but everyone else yes in 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 surprising ways and it's i mean it's it's 1988 so and as, no as one no as, one expected this yeah everyone as, thought this was a flop like action movies this this sets the template like okay aliens must have come out around this is it aliens 89 86 so it's 86 okay so that's that predates this a little yes. bit um i'm just i'm trying to think about the what else has come before this you mentioned predator predator uh, you know, the, yeah the, that was the, a year the earlier action yeah. is, so we're we're in the heyday of the arnie maybe? and stallone yeah movies where we're about to get some sean claude van damme well i think i think he's doing blood sport and um whatever that other fucking one kickboxer um, kickboxer thank you i think he's doing those now so those are about to drop but like from an action star vehicle point of view like david e de souza um he he wrote commando that's an arnie vehicle and and at that point that was the movie that like kicked stallone like i think stallone stallone had done conan he had done terminator then he does commando schwarzenegger Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger. oh sorry i said stallone didn't i um schwarzenegger he does those those three films like he is now box office gold he is now 
uh, making money. Stallone, he's done the the Rocky films. Like Stallone, really is the thinking man's Arnold Schwarzenegger, Oscar winner, Oscar winner Sylvester yeah. Stallone. Um, but he's doing those now. He's doing the Rambo sequels. He's done Rambo, Rambo two. He's about yeah. to do Rambo three. That's either now or or a year earlier or a year later. Um, so we're we, and those they're big hunking muscle men, right? And that's the default template. Die Hard resets the bar, and so now you have the everyman hero because um, John McClane is is a fairly average joe by comparison to the action stars of the day it's it's the new world order and he's and he's he sets the tone for what for for the action star moving forward from here for the next 10 years 20 years Um, so this yeah it kind of it's interesting so it doesn't really it doesn't set it doesn't set a template it just it just drops in in the middle it does just enough that's unique like you say in in not having a not having a super a super muscle bound yeah he um, can he hero. can be hurt he can yeah he, he, he feels pain yes i mean you've um, literally got a stallone movie like R- rambo three three he literally sets fire to himself or uses gunpowder to cauterize a wound on his side and like you never hear anything more about it in die hard um he cuts his feet and then that becomes a feature of everything that happens yeah. thereafter. Like yeah. he carries that injury through. I don't want to say that it sets the realism bar. Well, I guess it does. It resets the realism bar. Before this, you knew Arnie was going to win. You knew he was going to defeat the bad guy. And Die Hard, you don't know who fucking Bruce Willis is. If he dies, he dies. Like who cares? Yeah. You don't have to worry about sequels. Yeah, it resets the bar. It, it gives it a realism twist yeah and i think the like it it plays out quite technically as well it does have that that hunt for red october plotting vibe yeah vibe where that like you actually see it's punch and counter punch the the plot the plot of the bad guys is unfolding you're never really sure are they terrorists well Um, you don't going on you do you find out you find out like from a yeah do you it is unfolding but it's well, quite know, early on you know they're after the money but yeah they, oh, right but the, the 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 way that they like it's not just a smash and grab mm, they've bash, got a bash, bash bash yeah. bash they have a there's a there's quite an intricate plan there's a plot because the the idea is to blow up the roof so that they they won't be able to find them and so that you know nobody will be looking for them and the money the assumption is is that they blew it up it's a proper it's a proper heist it's an oceans 11 type yeah heist uh where there is yeah there is subterfuge and there are strategies and counter strategies and the police need to get involved but only at a certain point and like there's a there's a plan that they are managing it's not just bash get in as quickly as you can and get out racing it's not race against time no they're taking their time yeah yeah Yeah. there there is a there is a plan that is being executed here it's not just it's not a bank robbery where you just have to get in and get out as fast as you can yeah Um, and it's and and where it's it's the time that's the factor there is actually there's a sequence of events they are relying on the FBI turning up, for example, because they yeah, need that's to get right. the power so that the electromagnetic so, door will open. Yeah, um, you know there is a it's 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 planned out. 
So it's almost it's almost like, like who's it's bigger, like the who's bigger and stronger smart. And Holy What's shit. That? Just it's almost like the villains were written smart. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Fancy that. Like you give people proper motivations and character it's, and suddenly yeah. well, it, Huh. So it's it's a it's a big Holly dumb action. Take note. <laughs> it's a big dumb action movie, but it is it is it's actually it is a it is a strategic it is a brain yeah. game. It is actually a you know a, not quite a chess match, but it is actually a brain game where where it is Hans's strategies and versus so he, a streetwise cop. Yeah, he's not just he's not just he's not just going in with muscle or with stealth. He is actually trying to break up their plans yeah and and foil their plans rather than just just not like rambo where he just has to kill as many of the enemy soldiers enemy foot soldiers as he can and then eventually until he gets to the boss battle until he gets until he gets to the boss battle exactly he's actually he's actually strategizing yeah because the first thing he does is like oh the phones are cut okay i need a radio so once he gets a radio the first thing he does is he calls the police on the police frequency and, he and actually, yeah oh and he he pulls the fire alarm um yeah. so he actually says like, oh. to himself he says to, he says to himself a couple of times think john think think think, think. john yeah what am like how can i how how can i foil this plot i'm not going to do it just by shooting yeah there are like 15 I've got, guys i've got one gun and and 30 rounds so i can't Which, do this by shooting but which, if you're Rambo, that is how you do it. He doesn't I need get, thirty rounds. I guess he I needs need one round. Okay, there's there's fifteen guys. I guess I need to kill fifteen guys, <laughs> and I've then we one will clip, be done. I'm done. Adrian. <laughs> so it's 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 smart in that way, and that it is yeah. Actually, so it presents it's, it's like these obstacles that your 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 antagonist has to resolve. So it sees it's this it's this constant escalation of like here is a new problem they need yeah. to solve it's okay known we fix that a, problem yeah it's known as a big explosion type movie but it, it is actually it is actually i can see why with a different hero with a different with a different person in that yeah because like, i think actually they shot quite, this quite round different. everybody in hollywood so i yeah. think everybody in hollywood had a chance to turn this down in fact i think like without without double checking or going into the trivia section on IMDb, I'm fairly confident they they offered this to to um, Schwarzenegger. I'm fairly confident they offered this to Mel Gibson, um, who was in action, who was Lethal Weapon. Yeah, he had just done yeah. Lethal Weapon. Um, so I'm fairly confident they had offered this to everybody before it got to Bruce Willis. Um, so he was literally the last choice. I'm pretty sure even Richard Gere got offered this for some reason. Um, yeah, they 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 definitely offered this to everyone. Yeah. Um, and I think in the hands of anybody else at this point in time, this is a wildly different movie. Yeah. And I think the fact that at this point in time, um, John McTiernan could be probably could probably boss Bruce Willis around and get a performance or get a, a tone. Uh, for the film from because with the exception of actually with the exception of nobody nobody in this film at this point in time is big enough or powerful enough in terms of star power to to run this film so um then bonnie bedalia might have been the might have been the most well-known person 
in this yeah. film when it was getting made. Yeah. Bruce Willis was just that TV guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So uh, I'm interested in the uh, the 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 New York to California type thing because this so Beverly Hills Cop kind of plays on this. Yeah, as, as well. It does right? Martin Bress does Beverly with, Hills Cop with with yeah? This is a few years before that, and Beverly Hills Cop Two is about the same time. You're right. It's and it's the same. It's like a, it's the culture clash where it's the hard nosed, right. the hard nosed East Coaster yep. comes out and comes out west, where where everything's a bit more loose. Um, he has. There's a couple of times in the in the opening sequence as they as they're kind of laying laying down that culture clash and. He's he's going he's he's moving through the airport and he, he there's a, a girl in white pants runs up and jumps on a guy and hugs him and, and oh he, yeah and he's like shaking his head he like, kind of shakes his head as his California it's yeah I, like it's as as a non-American I think it's kind of some of that passes you by a little bit um, that what they are playing on there as far as far as the east and west cultures and the differences in america where it's um the east east coast is is so much more hard-nosed so much tougher Mm, so much uh, tougher and that all and and i think that's what's coming out in the you know the the the, everyone else everyone on the police force all of the everyone in authority in this movie is incompetent except for powell every east every west coast yes authority everyone yeah is, including is, the teacher from um, the Breakfast Club, yeah. Oh, he, yeah. Well, he's the yeah, he's the mayor of the morons. Um, <laughs> so hold on, just just hold you there. I was right. I was I was wrong, and I was right. Sylvester Stallone was offered the part, not Schwarzenegger. Ah, um, okay. But do you want to know who else was offered the part? You may as well go down the list. Yeah, go on. Okay, so Sylvester Stallone, Richard Gere called it. Um, Harrison Ford. That kind of makes yep, sense. Sure. I don't see it. Uh, here's interesting casting. Burt Reynolds. Ooh. Could you see Burt Reynolds in 88 doing this? I could. He was guest starring on The Golden Girls. I could see Burt Reynolds doing this. <laughs> <laughs> he was a sexy, sexy man. I could see Burt Reynolds doing this. I think he'd do a great job, just FYI, with that mustache. That's such, that's such a different movie with, yeah. with an You ready older, for some more? I'll get you some more. An older uh, Nick gent. Nolte. Nick the Nolte. Nolte. I could see Nick Nolte doing this because he does 48 hours, right? So that's, yeah, sure. that's hard-nosed, you know, he, he's a tough cop. I could see Nick Nolte doing it. A little bit weird because Nick Nolte's an imposing figure. I, I, yeah. I can't see you, I can't see him, I can't see him being the underdog here. Don Johnson, Mel Gibson, I could see Don Johnson doing it. He's a bit slick, right? Yeah. Could you see Don Johnson doing this? I don't think I could see this. Here's, here's some great casting there. You ready for this? Richard Dean Anderson, MacGyver. Oh, oh, how good would that sure. be? He would <laughs> mullet his way into this. It'd be the best mullet on screen ever. It'd be fantastic. Yeah, he was MacGyver uh, some all, shit up. They're all too slick, aren't they? It needs they are a bit slick. Okay, how just... how about this for slick? You ready? Paul fucking Newman. Oh my god! I mean, could you see it? Can you see it, Paul Newman? Oh my god! Women would leave the theater pregnant. It'd be great. (laughs) (laughs) 
Two hours of Paul Newman with those beautiful, beautiful eyes. This vest got a bit of blood on it. I'm going to have to take this off. Oh, Paul Newman. (laughs) That sax starts playing. Yeah, you would not be waiting until the third act to get that (laughs) Kenny G's just on the side there. Yeah, it'd be great. You ready for this? James Kahn. Oh, oh dear Lord. We need to stop this. And the best of all, you ready for the best of all? Save the best for last. Thanks, Wikipedia. Al Pacino. (laughs) (laughs) She's got a great ass! That is ridiculous. (laughs) I've just read, I've read the uh, book sequel to Heat. There's a book sequel to Heat that they're going to turn into a movie. Um, And uh, the, uh, the reader the the um narrator um he does an al pacino and he does a robert de niro impersonation all the way through the fucking book and um the al pacino is the al pacino is is pretty good Uh the um robert de niro not very good um but (laughs) yeah the al pacino like i'm living for it it's really good but yeah could you imagine al pacino in this shit absolutely not I could see James Kahn maybe, and I, I, I just because I'm a fucking nerd, I could see Richard Dean Anderson. Like I could see that. Like you know, Richard Dean Anderson. I don't think you get quite the same Bruce Willis effect. He's, no, he's too, he's too tidy. No, they, 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 they really need to. I mean, James, James Kahn's got a little bit of roughness to him, but I think James Kahn could be a bit rough, right? I think he's a bit old at this point. Like he's, I think they're all a bit old. They're all about Richard Dean Anderson's young, so he's he's the young, yeah, you know, he's, he's young, the young buck there. Too, Don Johnson, clean. yeah, he's doing Miami Vice. I could see that, but I think he's a bit smooth. He's a bit slick. Yeah. I think I think they whether they wanted it or not, they cast the best person for the role. Yeah. There you go. What do you think? What What do you think about the What do you think about the relationship with with the wife? I feel like that's a really interesting Bonnie. that they that they leave that Holly. That Sorry, they, I should say Holly. Holly they, leave, they leave that in a in a kind of a mixed place where he's not like you. You kind of expect it to be them to be over, and he's trying to win her back, and that that's going to be the success at the end. But she actually wants him, but he he is he has is trying to learn how to accept that she has a career that's a that's such an 80s thing right so it's like the 80s um women in the workplace that's a thing so um i mean uh, heaven forbid a woman be actualized and have a realized destiny that isn't based in home um uh, home economics or childcare. and so she's like that's the thing right she's a very successful she's gotten this great job she hasn't gotten it because of him it's not because she's working at his company so that's such an 80s thing like that's a that's a, a fear and so i i like that his i don't know if he has a journey there where he accepts that at the end of the film that she is now the she is you know it's not resolved in any way other than to say that they still obviously like each other at the end yeah. of the film because they kiss um, which just must like just must have been like kissing gasoline and blood, right? Because he's <laughs> at this point at this point he's been in an oven and baked for two hours. So um, he, yeah, I don't know. It's like well, there oh would have been God. some blood in that kiss. Maybe maybe Bruce's. 
Maybe. Yeah. Maybe some bad guys, who maybe knows? Maybe some Euro trash. Yeah, Marco. I mean, he got some blood on him from Marco for sure, right? Surely. Yeah. Surely. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Gross. <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah, it's hard to say what's it's hard to say what's resolved. He he goes through he like I mean, he has what one moment. What is his moment. journey? His, Where his, does he start and finish in this Well, film? His, his all is lost moment is he's on the phone, he's on the mic to Powell, and he's saying, you know, he's he's pour, pouring his guts out, and he says, tell her, tell her I'm sorry. Oh, is this the bathroom scene? Yeah, I told her I, told yep. her I love her a hundred times, but I never told her I'm sorry. He has oh, this, that's this a great real, line, isn't it? This real moment um, where he... Yeah, he, he, he really he really realizes uh, how important it is that he be with her, yeah, uh, and that that's what he wants out of his life, and to be with his kids, and to make that make that marriage work. Um, and I, and that's 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 kind of as far as you get. Like he doesn't uh, especially. I mean, is this, is this tragic flaw that he is hard nosed? And is this tragic flaw that coming he's stubborn? To, coming to, yeah, he's stubborn. He's too stubborn to die. He's coming to he comes to California. Does he learn not to do that though? Does it, uh, I don't think he's I don't think he's changed in that sense. I think they both. I think he learns. I mean, he learns that that his relationship is more important than anything else through then, something than his than his life than yeah. his than his career as a coming detective. so close to death. Yeah. 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 But the, but well, he, or is it more he, that she came so close to death? So, like, he might come close to death all the time, um, but this is the first time that she's come close. And so maybe he realizes that life without her would be worse. Does she ever come close to death? Yeah, she's got a gun to her head. Alan Rickman's final play is... Yeah, he's never going to shoot her, though. <laughs> she doesn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. Does the watch is the watch a gift from Takashi? Is a wa- is the watch Takagi? Yeah, it's a it's a gift. It's a gift from Takagi, and um, he's Alice. Alice, the dude, the bearded douchebag, is trying to get her to show it to him. And Bubby, like, no, yeah, I'll see it. I'll see it later. Yeah, Bubby, I'm your white knight. <laughs> <laughs> so good. That's that scene. Is they must have thought they were going too too hard on that scene, and like John's John McTiernan's like, no, we're leaving it in. Just, <laughs> I want you to be as horrible as you can. This film is full of great people being horrible, though. Like, um, I mean, that guy—I forget his name. I don't know if he did anything else. Um, I, I'm sure he has, um, but it's the also breakfast, got the Breakfast Club guy. The Breakfast Club guy. It's got William Atherton. So William Atherton is a podcast favorite. He was in Ghostbusters. He's the EPA Walter Peck. Um, oh yeah, he's the journalist. He's the scummy journalist. He's the scummy journalist, he th- and like threatens get, to gets, get the threatens to get the maid deported. So yeah, I'll, I'll call so DPS or whatever it is. I'll, I'll call I'll call INS Immigration Services, uh, and uh, we'll see about your green card. And she's like, oh no. <laughs> Oh, she not home, Amazing. but yeah, 
Yeah, so good, right? Um, and, and he gets, he gets punched the, in the gets, face. He gets punched in the face. Uh, yeah. There's no, there's no particular way she could have known that he specifically was the journalist who sold everybody out to get it. <laughs> there's get no way at all, but she just recognizes. An interview, yeah. But like, she's like, she like how do you feel? And she's just like, she recognizes a fucking dirtbag when she sees one. <laughs> but uh, I mean, he the, he's not getting punched in the face for uh, diegetic reasons. He's getting punched in the face for us. So, so yeah, <laughs> he's Some done all this shitty shit. He's been such an asshole all the way through this. He's getting punched because we want to punch him. Some people just have punchable faces, and it is, it does it, it, it well. It sets that up, and I think that's that's a lot of what makes this movie work is is um, giving the way they the way they set things up for the audience. So that's a really good example. That's giving the audience what they want. When Alice gets shot you're giving the audience what they want this is a stupid yep. guy a stupid arrogant guy he's a stupid chasing, arrogant los angeles ch- prick chasing um, yes yes right rich la prick prick yeah you just he comes in in the middle and doing you just, code you love it at you, the christmas yeah, party he's doing you'd never read about party. it you just yeah yeah, they, they set him up and they're like oh we're gonna make everybody hate this guy they're gonna love it when this guy when this and goes wrong. what do they do and what do they do shoot they, him Yep, they deliver through so, his own they, hubris as well. Like he yeah. would have, he would have it's been fine. Yeah, it's his own fault. That's right. It's his own. It's his own arrogance. It's his own. It's like it's like when when so, yeah, it's like when someone in the film says, "I don't believe in sharks," and then jumps in the water and gets eaten by yeah. doors. They do it. So they do it twice. Once, um, once with Powell, uh, once with Gruber where there are scenes it's it's gruber when he's talking to the hostages and it's powell when he's getting back in his car they do it twice where they say everything is fine there is nothing really nothing going on here at all this is all calm and everything is completely under control and as soon as they say that the 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 dead guy is it carl the dead guy turns up in the elevator with ho 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 now i have a machine gun. with with ho 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 and then the body lands on the car it's the it's your signal for all hell to break loose when someone in this movie says everything is fine and then you know and it's just yeah. for the for the audience the audience you just love it you love it when <laughs> and that and that being that, that being proved wrong and it, never, it doesn't happen to, to bruce willis as an audience you don't want that to happen Mm. so you don't want that had to happen to john you want that to happen to everybody else because they were wrong john and he was john right. Is right yeah and john is and, proven consistently and, yeah. right and everybody else is figuring out because you're on john's side everyone else is wrong and so anytime someone else comes in when i we should we should know his name but when the guy from when when with the breakfast club guy comes in he is going to be wrong john is going to be right and when the feds come in and the helicopters um one of them says it's like being in saigon um that, <laughs> i was in i was in junior high asshole <laughs> they, <laughs> this they is, are wrong what, what are they they're agents right. something and something they've got the same name no johnson relation and johnson the, yeah johnson yeah 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 uh, robert darby and grandel bush little johnson and big johnson yeah, you want. <laughs> that's yeah. what they're credited as little johnson big johnson <laughs> big dick and little dick love it <laughs> yeah it, it it sets it sets it up every time for someone someone to, to second guess john to think he's just a dumb new york cop 
another like pl- it plays on that stereotype of the dumb, oh, just another dumb New York cop. This guy will yeah. be this guy will be easy. But then that's but that's what I'm saying earlier on is it's it's not just about his Paul Gleason is the name of the guy we're not, we're struggling with. It's yeah. Paul Gleason. He's the Breakfast it's, Club guy. Yeah, it's not just his brawn against other people's brains. It's actually his brains. He is right. He is he is figure, he knows what's going on. Yeah, and he's cunning. Yeah, he's 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 cunning. That's the word. Um, and he 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 um, succeeds not only through his physical prowess, his skill, um, because he's a good shot, because um, he he manages to, and he's quick and he's fast, but he but by his wits. So the very thing that yeah. makes James Bond so enjoyable is, you know, for the most part, James Bond succeeds by his wits. He he outthinks the bad guys as much as yeah. he overpowers them with his just general sexiness if you're sean connery um but yeah he out he outwits them and so he sets that trap for for um uh alan rickman hans gruber because he he sees he, he earlier in the film he uses the 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 company directory he he makes that learning he can use the company directory and then later in the film when he's lying to hans gruber and he's got um, and he looks at a company directory mm. and he uses that to to trap um, Hans Gruber in the lie um, which is which is amazing so yeah. he's he's learning throughout the film yeah. as well yeah, yeah. and he's, he's he's doing it by his wits and then he gives him a gun that's unloaded um, and he knows it's unloaded and so that's so he's 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 laid out the trap and then Hans Gruber steps into it he says yeah. you're pretty tricksy with that accent so yeah it's pretty good it's a good movie yeah. pretty solid Fantastic. and the action's Fantastic. good as well it's shot well um uh the uh, and and all the complications like things have consequences like he escapes the roof the roof blows up and he ties yep. the, the fucking fire hose around his waist and he goes out and he can't get through the glass because it's too thick so he shoots it and he goes in but then the weight of the fucking yep. yeah and it's just this constant thing like and when he gets the when he gets the hose untied you're like what's going to happen next like yeah. is the roof going to fall in like but no um oh. and the music oh my god everything about this film is so on point yeah the the, the action the action sequences uh you're you're they're incredibly put together when he's um when he's he's trying to escape down the elevator shaft and he's got to brace himself on the gun yes and the and, and the, the um and the strap is slipping so it's coming out he's used the gun the, yeah yeah and you can see it slipping and it's just right there oh so good fantastic and then he's stuck in the it just it just carries on it's and then he's yeah stuck he's stuck the on vent. the roof like that whole bit with him being stuck on the roof like he's up there and um the goons go up there and because up until this point they've got the submachine guns right they've got the mp5s and they're rolling out and then the big goon um the the russian guy um oh what's his freaking name um he's he's a story in his self so he's the character he's playing is carl um, but he's actually Russian. His name is Alexander Gudnyov. Um, and, uh, he's a, he's a, do, do you know about this guy, Alexander G? No. Alex G? Um, so he was, um, a Russian ballerina, um, and he defected or he, um, claimed political asylum in America. He's part of the Bolshoi, is it the Bolshoi Russian, um, ballet? I'm trying to um, think now what the, what the, there must be a male version of ballerina ballet dancer do you just say ballet dancer i guess so but so he's um he's he's the schoolmate of a barishnikov 
Um, and so, like, Baryshnikov is, is like the original male ballet dancer. Yeah. Um, and he toured with the Moscow Classical Ballet Company, and he he claimed political he claimed claimed asylum in America uh, when he was there with his wife, and um, she she was offered asylum, but she chose to go back to Mother Russia. So he, Oof. yeah, rough. She chose she chose country over over husband, and she went back. Um, so yeah, he he became a star in in and of its own right, and he. He plays a fantastic villain. Um, sadly, he died in 1995. But um, yeah, just good gosh, he was in um, he was in another film we did. We did Witness. He was one of the he was one of the um, Amish guys. Oh uh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember at the time we might have talked about it in the podcast, or I, I remember reading about it when we were when we were, when I was researching for that film. But yeah, I figured one day we'd be talking about Die Hard. It was only a matter yeah. of time. Um, but yeah, gosh. And um, other fun fact: Al Al Luong. He's in. Um, he's one of the villains. He's the. Um, I think he's Japanese American. Uh, I could yeah. be wrong. Um, but he's the he's the one with the balding head with the mustache. The, yeah, the yeah. very, you know, you know the guy. He's the one that yeah. steals the fucking candy bar. I love that shot. Uh, he's like setting up the ambush and he's helping himself to a candy bar. Um, I love the SWAT guys coming across the lawn and one of them spikes his finger on the rose bushes. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> what a detail <laughs> yeah just incredible incredible little 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 um, detail LA, yeah. these LA these LA cops how different they are how can we demonstrate how, how vast how fucking John, useless they are meanwhile John McLean's killed two people by hand so New York cop gets shot in the shoulder and just carries <laughs> just, on he just strikes it off this is, this LA is another cop. day in Brooklyn Hey! Jabs and jabs his finger on a bush. Hey, this is nothing. You should see the Brooklyn Bridge. <laughs> yeah, there's there's so many little moments. Those two, those are two of my favorites. The guy jabbing his finger, and then the meanwhile the guy's stealing the candy bar, stealing just candy a, bars, <laughs> eating, a, eating like a Hershey bar or something. Just just because yolo like he's YOLO, so why not <laughs> they are so in control of the situation yeah and the, and the la cops are so incompetent he's like i'm just gonna i'm just gonna, gonna have a little snack before i before i shoot a bunch of guys that's right but that's right as tiny yeah the, the little little details that they they just demonstrate but it's all that demonstrate hubris, where the right? where it's the power is yeah pride before the fall stuff like you need them to be that arrogant so that it's yeah. the same with ellis right you need him to be that arrogant. You need the audience to go, oh no, you are definitely fucked. Yeah, you are way um, off. I just thought so of another weird. one. <clears throat> I just thought of another one, actually. I had my notes. When he's on the line to the police from the roof uh, and he's using, a, he's, he's using the, um, the radio yeah. and, the, and they say, get off the line. This is an emergency line. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I'm not ordering a pizza. This, 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 I'm using this line because this is a this is a goddamn emergency. Um, and like that, you know, they're brushing him off. It's another another moment where it's like it's that fish out of water thing. Yeah. Or 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 not? Is it Cassandra who like has the curse of foresight, but no one will believe her? Like it's that I know what's going on here, but I can't. I'm alone because I keep trying to tell people and they keep brushing me off. Yeah. So I'll oh, use your, use your phone. If there's an emergency, if there's an emergency, use your phone. Don't, don't use the emergency line. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm using this because it's an emergency, but yeah, 
It's, but it's it, it, it builds up, and when yeah, when Powell says to him when he's trying to he's trying to implore um, his his boss to 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 give him a chance, he's like he's 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 alone in there. No one is helping him. And Powell is the only one who, who only one will help to him. Yeah, um, and everyone else just wishes just just thinks he should he should stop. But he he and thus the audience the audience knows he's the only one who's doing anything useful and everyone else everyone else is if anything they're playing into the playing into the bad guy's hands if anything does he does he have a what makes him so likable do you think why do we why do we take to john so fast at the start i'm trying to think of like the save the cat like he has a bear he has a big fluffy bear that he has he's a big give fluffy bear kids. He doesn't really save a cat. He's nice to Argyle, I he's guess. He's nice to Argyle. He rides up Which, front. And maybe that's it. He rides yeah. he rides up front and even though Argyle is, is he's a he's a West Coast he's a bit of a West Coast douchebag. Like yeah. his heart is good. And yeah, I think McLean McLean reads him and he says like he's he's rolling his eyes a little bit at what well he says he says like. why don't you know most people right up the back you know we've got we've got a phone you can get your mama bear on the phone we've got you know drinks you know the radio the tv and he doesn't want any of that he just wants to ride up front he wants to smoke cigarettes and yeah. like that so he's in every man and the, i think the other scene um it's in the plane and he's talking to the guy because he he establishes he doesn't like to fly right this is that opening yep. scene and um, the guy says, "You know what the secret is?" And he's like, uh, "Making making balls with your fist with your feet on the carpet." Yeah, which is, fists with your feet. Yeah, which is good because it gets him out of the shoes. Um, but it's also good because he tries it, and he goes, "He's fucking right." So he so it's that it's that moment of he learned a thing, and he yep. and he, he he took he took advice or he took he took uh, learning from a, a learned a teacher. He took that advice, um, but also he's he's an everyday person who has a, a really regular foible. He doesn't like to fly. Now imagine Stallone yep. in this movie. There's no yep. way. There's no way at this point in Stallone's career, Stallone would be that guy on the plane. Also, Stallone's yep. like carved from wood. Um, hasn't seen white bread since 1976, and um, he's. Uh, do you believe that Stallone's frightened of flying? No, but do you believe no. John McClane with a receding hairline, who's clearly painted his scalp? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's right. There isn't. There is a. a, a, a I mean, yes, certainly. There's an everyman element. He's, but he's he's non-judgmental. Even though even though these things are being thrown at him, he's 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 out of his element. He's in this uh, a land where he has every right to look to think that all these people are ridiculous. Well, he catches he, Ellis he, with cocaine, which he clearly recognizes yeah. as as what he's doing, but he 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 doesn't make a thing about it, and people are obviously nervous around him because he's a cop. Yeah. But um, yeah, he doesn't he doesn't like arrest him or give him yeah. a lecture. He's just like he treats. Yeah, he 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 judges according to the situation. He 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 doesn't he doesn't brush off. Uh, you know, he doesn't brush off Argyle as this, this stupid West Coast. He doesn't kid. talk he down said, to him. No, he, actually, he talks yeah, to him he as an talk, equal. He actually says to him, "Argyle does something nice." He says, "Do you have a place to stay?" And he actually, he's, he they they talk about that. And he actually says to him, "You're all, you're all right. Like you're a, you're a likable kid. You're a, yeah. you're a, a, a bit, you know." Yeah, because Argyle you, Argyle you are offers how you to are. hook him up, right? Yeah, like, 
You are hate, but I, like he treats him with dignity. He treats him yeah. with respect. Yeah. When he could just as easily brush him off, as yeah. as which which is what like the West Coast person would do. Like the per- person in power, if Alice was in that limo, you bet he'd be in the back. You bet he'd be talking to Argyle like he's dirt. Yeah, and he'd he's be winding the kid, window up. Yeah, yeah. he's some kid. He would be. Dri- he's the guy driver. that would be mean to the waitress. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I whereas McLean isn't. Yeah. He yeah. he treats treats everyone with dignity. He, he he makes up his mind based on what he sees, and he doesn't he doesn't pre he doesn't discriminate. Yeah, which is funny because not that we're, I want to talk about the sequels at all, really, but I, I would say in the second film there's a scene where he's faxing fingerprints because um, he doesn't like technology in the second film. Like he doesn't work well with technology. He's at a um, a counter and there's a young woman behind the counter who's helping him fax fingerprints and she makes a pass at him in the second film and Mm. um this is bruce willis who's a star now he he does a thing where he shows his wedding band to her and like that's kind of the save the cat moment where he's like just the and he says the the joke is just the facts ma'am just the facts um Mm. and so um uh not quite the same but that's clearly the the ego of the star talking at that point like oh i'd really like it if i had a hot brunette kind of pour over me in the scene that'd be great thanks because that's yeah. a that's kind of a stallone schwarzenegger thing at this point right you need a hottie pouring over you to to make you look bigger in the film but yeah yeah so john mcclain doesn't have that in this film i don't think there's a moment where oh no he, the the air hostess like the air hostess gives him a look like oh you're all right mm. is that or i'm imagining that I could be imagining that. Clearly, I haven't he, seen that. No, I don't know if he does. I don't know if he gets a. I don't know if he gets an ear hostess look. Like. Oh, does maybe he not? He does. Okay, I'm, I'm mistaken. I could be well mistaken. I'm often mistaken. Frequently mistaken. This haircut was a mistake. So <laughs> I cut my hair oh. like this. It's not falling out. What are you talking about? What else? We've been going. For, we've been going for an hour. Anything more to? Anything more to add on this? Oh, only everything. Amazing movie. Gosh, what else? Um, ends on a Christmas Carol, on a classic. With the and I, I did joke about snow at the start, but with the the bonds have all, oh yeah because everything's exploded sort of, and it's yeah snowing, it looks like snow snowing yeah. bonds the the yeah. bearer bonds that are worth all the money. It's um, got it's got Run DMC Christmas and Hollis uh, at the beginning. Yeah, fucking fantastic. What do you think about Argyle's contribution at the end? Like, that's kind of the thing that he is in the movie to do, right? Is to make sure that the getaway driver isn't able to get away. Yes. So he, I, I, I do also find it interesting that there's two, there's three black actors in this movie um, with, with prominent lines. Uh, and Argyle punches out the black, bad, bad, black villain, the computer, yeah. the computer nerd yeah so um like i thought that was interesting like that's how that that's how that goes down yeah yeah i mean race shouldn't come into it but i just thought that was interesting clearly at that time in hollywood i think if you made this film today uh, one i don't think you could make this film today in the same way because you would not be able to get a star because they have made this film again they made it twice um it was under siege one and two with um steven seagal same concept right so it's the whole the whole diehard concept is now well understood you take that action you contain it in a space and yeah. so if you think about films that kind of do that before this the, the the best example that i can think of that's not quite the same scale 
is Escape from New York uh, with Kurt Russell. Um, so uh, it, it t they can't leave New York because it's been turned, the island of Manhattan, because it's been turned into a max penitentiary. And yeah. he has to escape from New York with, with the MacGuffin character. Yeah. And um, that's, so that's that film. But after this, the whole idea of taking the action and compressing it into a space is is well understood so that the best example that i can think of after this movie is under siege with steven seagal yeah. um and then you also have stuff like um there's a jean-claude van damme film we talked about it when we did time cop that um i think it's hard time or uh, it's the ice hockey it's the same thing again it the action takes place in an ice hockey uh, stadium. Oh, um, I haven't seen it. I'm, I, I'm told it's the best Jean Claude Van Damme film there is, but um, I don't know how it could beat Time Cop. But um, Splits and Mullet Combo was just amazing. Yeah. Um, I saw that. Yeah. I saw that ice hockey one. I yeah, think. but yeah. It, it's as as a as a concept, it's it's been well, it's been yeah. well, it's been replicated a lot. Um, the The Rock, The Rock is very much the same. Oh, exactly the same. It's the same fucking thing. Yeah, which I th the Rock is actually a really good film. It's 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 the best Bond movie they never made. So yeah, yeah, where <laughs> Sean Connery is everything but Bond in name. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So um. So I've I haven't watched any of the sequels to Die Hard. So he stays <gasps> with Holly. What? How have you not? No, How have you not? Know. The third one's really good. I mean, the second one's all right too. Second one takes place in um, back on the coast, uh, back no, it takes place in Washington, uh, I think. Uh, so back on the west east coast, um, directed by, uh, uh, he's he's a Finnish director. Um, he's actually pretty decent. He does he does a couple of good movies. Um, he does a Shane Black movie called Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. No, a Long Kiss Goodnight. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is Shane Black. Um, he uh so it's the same concept again but this time in an airport um uh but it's it's the same sort of thing um very very similar and then the third one is uh, die hard with a vengeance which is actually a lethal weapon script that didn't didn't make it so they, oh, they really? turned it into die hard three um yeah. and it's this um it's great it's uh the villain is uh, meant to be um uh, the brother of Hans Gruber, um, uh, played mm, okay. by, oh, I forget his name, Academy Award winning actor. Um, it's also got Samuel L. Jackson in it. So Samuel L. Jackson and um, Bruce Willis, it's the first of their pairings. So um, Bruce Willis gets a, a sidekick. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's also directed by John McTiernan. So it's, um, it's definitely of the sequels. And then there's a fourth and a fifth. Uh, the fourth is is just silly and then the fifth is just just straight up brain damaged it's so bad um <laughs> there's nothing good about it he's got an adult son um in this fourth one he's got an adult one of those his daughter is all grown up and played by mary elizabeth winstead um he he partners up with the with with, with a computer geek kevin smith's in it um uh it, yeah it's just wild um and then, and then from that you can go and listen to Kevin Smith talking about Bruce Willis, in his in various media about how nutty Bruce Willis is by this point. But yeah, I um and interestingly enough, I've just finished reading the book 
The Devil's Candy, which is written about the production of Bonfire of the Vanities, for which Bruce Willis is a star in Bonfire mm. of the Vanities. And they and Bruce Willis and how Bruce Willis comes across uh, from Bonfire of the Vanities after his star turning role in Die Hard is mm. phenomenal. Mm. Apparently he has at this point he has an entourage of at least five people. Um, two of those people are responsible for his hair. Okay. Yeah. One one paints his scalp, the other one uh, does his hair. Um, and Bruce Bruce was approached by Brian De Palma about um, about the hair situation, uh, and Bruce suggested that Brian De Palma uh, shoot uh, with less harsh light. Okay. <laughs> I can highly recommend the book The Devil's Candy. It's great. Um, right. Yeah, I keep trying to watch Bonfire of the Vanities, but it's a pretty hard watch. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. The sequels. Mixed bag of quality after that. Mixed but, bag. Yeah. So what happens the next day? And, and, and what could possibly be our last for a little while? Not that we do it very consistently, but my favorite moment of the oh. show. What do you think happens the next day? What? What? Yeah, what does happen with, with John and Holly? Like... Does that he, relationship is doomed. Does he learn? Well, I don't know. Like he's shown he's, capacity. Like he could learn. Yeah. But the only way it works, right? Like she's. I presume that the the corporation will go on. Like you know, because he's died, uh, Tagashi. Um, the business will carry on. Like business carries on without the CEO. Oh, yeah. or, you know, there's a whole succession plan. So um, she'd be oh, well placed within the company. You know, she saved she's lives. She's writing. She's doing book tours. Yeah, she's I, writing a book. How I how I conquered business in a terrorist and uh, a terrorist yeah. plot. Yeah. No, she's she's on the up and up. Yeah. And he, on he's, the other hand, he he's, he's embroiled in. Yeah. <laughs> he's, em, he's embroiled in and debriefs and like yeah. Um. Yeah, we, all of the analyzing all the mistakes he made all the dangerous risks that he took and dangerous well how does he not lives. wind up in jail how does he not wind up in in front of in front of a judge you know you you're responsible for this for this much damage and this many deaths how yeah, does the insurance I, I company like not come in, and sue him he's in a police misconduct thousand percent for for at least yeah. two years yeah 100 percent. there's no way he doesn't right and then he quits his job, but then he quits his job and he gets, he gets a job on Fox news and he, he becomes their crime reporter. Yeah. Could do. And we go now to, uh, the Nakatomi Plaza survivor, uh, and hero. Some would say hero, uh, John McClane. What do you have to say about this, John? It's the immigrants. They get you every time. You know what? Before we, before we wrap up, there was one thing I meant to say, which I forgot to say, which is how grateful I am that um, the, the writer of the screenplay made Alan Rickman say the word detonators like at least a dozen times. It is detonator. so satisfying <laughs> the way he says detonators. Bring me the detonators. I need the detonators. Bring me the detonators. <laughs> Where are the detonators? Detonators. He had the it. detonators. Yeah. I, l yeah, I love the good. way he says detonators. <laughs> I like how he says... H, um, it's the dental... Det 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 detonators. 
Um, I like um, I like how he um, uh, the the bit about him being she she calls him a common thief. She's like, you're just a common thief. And then he gets really riled up about that and does that scuffle yeah. across the floor. And he's like, I'm not a common thief. I'm an exceptional thief. And it's like, yes, you are. <laughs> yes, yes, you are. And a murderer. Like, don't sell yourself short here, Hans. Like, you just yeah. you just offed Ellis like it was fucking Tuesday morning at the gym. Like, yeah, the, what the hell? The, 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 the prideful the pridefulness that he that he mm. shows in that in that moment where he it does actually get to him being accused of being being a common thief yeah being common being low like he's being he's, low yeah he's got quite a he's obviously but it's got that quite hubris again right it's that he's he's that now now you've got hubris now you're now you're primed for a fall yeah but yeah, yeah that's right yeah. Um, I can hear my I can hear my kids stomping around above me. I don't know if that's picking up on the mic, but I need to. I'm need going to, to say up. no, so you feel better about yourself. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see when we come when we come to. Uh, when it's we not like we're recording here. this, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! I hope I'm recording this. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think it's time to call it on this one. Um, All right. Oh, amazing, amazing movie. If you oh, we need a new category. Like this is this, this is a video. classic. Uh, holiday That's, classic yeah yeah phenomenal yeah. phenomenal movie um absolutely absolutely love it very very enjoyable and stands easily stands the test of time um so we're going to wrap up there hey um uh, i do know you know craig and i have had a bit of a chat of how he's going to take that forward he's got a few ideas so um do you know keep on the keep, keep we'll, up with we'll us do on the something. socials i'm sure he'll be he'll be sharing he'll be sharing a bit more about what's what he's going to do taking the podcast forward and um like i'm hoping to get back into it well uh, the the the, the some, uh the mic is the always open for mad yep. mike to come back so yep no that's uh it's been a lot of fun um and yeah look i won't uh, i won't get too caught up and too caught up and wrap up schmaltz uh, other than to say uh yeah see you later um uh, it's been a pleasure well uh wherever you're going to next um the convent or the monastery uh i'm sure i'm sure they'll be uh pleased to have you so thank you to my co-host mike um for uh, allowing me to subject them to a whole bunch of films he hasn't seen <laughs> so yeah you're welcome i've expanded your right. mind mate yeah no. uh good stuff okay we'll wrap up there thanks for listening everybody have a great Christmas. Bye, y'all.